welcome to the Self-Study Project, a podcast to deepen your practice through reflection with co-hosts Jenna Baird and Stephanie Gibson. Welcome back to the Self-Study Project podcast. Today we have an extra special guest to discuss our next topic of true wellness, dynamic integration of body, mind, and spirit. I've been asked often, who do I go to when I need coaching, when I need reminders, when I need that mirror that I'm always doing in my own health business? Well, here she is, our guest speaker for dynamic integration of body, mind, and spirit. We have Paula Vetter, a board-certified holistic family nurse practitioner, retired, certified herbalist, Reiki master and teacher, certified EFT practitioner, and integrative wellness coach. She has more than 40 years experience in traditional and holistic medicine. Paula was a critical care nursing instructor at the world-renowned Cleveland Clinic for more than a decade, taught nursing at two Ohio colleges, and practiced primary care in a busy family practice in Medina, Ohio for 18 years prior to moving to Paso Robles, California in 2010. Paula opened Profound Wellness, her holistic energy medicine practice in Paso Robles, California in 2011. She retired from her clinical practice in 2018, but she continues to write, speak, and consult to advance the practice of authentic energy healing modalities. Paula brings a unique perspective to wellness coaching with her combined experience in traditional Western medicine and holistic medicine She provides a truly integrative approach to wellness that emphasizes the integrity of harmony of body, mind, and spirit. So so what is truly integrative healing? Can you heal your life addressing only the body or only the mind, only the spirit? Well, that's what we're asking Paula with her more than 40 years experience. From her unique perspective, we will discuss what a truly integrative approach looks like because we know that this sometimes appears to be like an opposing opposing opinion, opposing side, opposing healing modality, right, Paula? Doesn't it sometimes seem like it's coming, you can only have one or the other or one denounces the other? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right, Stephanie. And my my you know, conventional training was, was very conventional in the Western medicine model that, you know, you looked at very objective signs and symptoms. And, uh, you know, we talk about evidence-based medicine, and that means things that you can quantify and measure. Uh, And that's the way I was trained, you know, very left brain, very objective, Uh, If you couldn't see it and measure it and document it, it didn't exist. Um, But my, you know, my intuition and my leaning has always been towards a more holistic model. I'm, you know, I've been interested in Native American medicine and, and Ayurveda and, and herbs. And I became a, a certified herbalist even before I finished my nurse practitioner training. So I've always uh-huh. had that kind of broader perspective. And it, it took some um, some doing, some self-learning, some practice, uh, you know, trial and error along the way to really integrate um, body, mind, and spirit. It, and, and I guess the, the short answer to that question is no, you can't look at it um, through just one lens or you don't get the whole picture. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, 
the frustration I find when, uh, you know, I talk to people who are in the Western medical model is they see, you know, strictly treating the physical, you know, you give something to, uh, to put a bandaid and make a symptom go away. Uh, and we think that we've achieved a goal. And then you swing to the, the pendulum to the other extreme and you find people in the, uh, in the holistic um, modalities who say, well, it's all mind over matter. It's all, it's all uh, you know, spiritual or it's all mental. Uh, and they ignore the physical. And, and you know, I believe that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience but having said that, we have a, a physical vehicle, our body, um, that we use to manipulate or, or to travel this, uh, this lifetime. And there are certain things that we have to recognize and honor with that physical entity, too. So I think the really enlightened person looks at the best that both have to offer. Um, you know, the dealing with the, the physical in the in the areas where um, it's proper to do that, but always looking for underlying messages or or deeper meanings coming from the mental, emotional, spiritual side as well. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, that's it's so it's such a big all that you just said is so big to me in my personal career. And I think that it's really through working with you now over these years that I have, I have found that balance. And I'm still, I feel like even this year, actually, Jenna and I've recently been talking about this balance that we find ourselves on have having learned. And I, I would dare say that I think Jenna learned from the other side, the very spiritual side, uh, which I'll let her speak to. But I mean to say that I learned definitely from the science facts. If you can't show it to me, I don't believe in it. I was very, very logical. And as a Gemini, I still get very caught up in my mind and in my my thinking. And something you and I, Paula, talked about recently and then tied it in with a Jenna conversation. Um, you know, real quick, people who are listening, these are my people right here. This whole podcast, these are my people. And I'm so excited to have them together. But between the two of them, we I, I kind of realized that, yes, if we chose this physical organism, then we are still bound by its physical limitations. And so one thing that Paula had mentioned to me at one time was something like, you know, you burn yourself. <laughs> I loved her example. You put your finger on a flame, no matter how spiritual you are, you're, you're not going to prevent it from burning. <laughs> um, and I just loved that example because of, okay, what spiritual reasons might've made you do it? Or uh, how does it heal afterwards based on your outlook? Because something I have learned through both of these people on the podcast right now is how much fear and how much abandonment that I, I have a foundation of suffering. And so while I have these physical things that occur, sometimes I have limited the progress of their healing by holding back some of these foundational spiritual lessons and things I am here to learn about abandonment and fear. Uh, and both of these women on the podcast are always here to remind me of that. And it with the with this marriage with this bridge that is being offered i that's where healing truly is jenna would you say that you kind of started out with more of this spiritual quiet you know perspective you had and kind of went there first or yes but it's very interesting and um you know because as a child i was definitely a very sickly child and kind of 
so what's so interesting about this topic is being on both ends of like what the holistic world offered and then what the medical conventional world, you know, offered me and being a sickly child and not getting any answers. I was really difficult as a child and I was on prescription after prescription and um, I was, you know, failed all my little hearing tests. I had tubes put in. I just had this really, I was always sick and I never could, I actually didn't know what it felt like to feel good again until actually I found holistic medicine. But, um, What's fascinating for me is I see in our world that we very much compartmentalize. We're like, you know, either one or the other. And what I found just through my own experience is how much, um, you know, for example, this conventional route wasn't serving me at all. And I did feel things very intuitively. I was very sensitive. And I kind of think that really has a lot to do with um, even the fact that I have um, food sensitivities, which I later found out and it dramatically changed my life from being sick to like, wow, this is what it's supposed to feel like to be alive in myself and looked physically fit, but was definitely, you know, had dark circles, rashes on my face and on my arms and stuff. But when I found this path, I was like, wow, because I really realized how much I was in the diagnosis. Like I have asthma, I have this, I'm going to just be this. And what's interesting is working with clients now, I very much know how it feels to be like, well, this is my life, you know, this is my diagnosis. But then to break free of that and how much mental work, but also cleansing from the internal all the way through the layers. And I love that it's so what, you know, Paula's years of experience of like just so many different layers of things to bring together. And we just need to stop compartmentalizing ourselves to, you know, and bringing ourselves in as a whole person. And like, this is what it is to be healthy. And, but then, you know, I have an experience where I got a really bad kidney infection in the, you know, prescription medicine really in that moment was a, a, a big blessing where I think just on a daily basis, I've been able to really balance how much, you know, medicine, what, where do I want to go with that? And everyone has a unique situation, but, um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about my story, but I love that, that we have Paula on today and just bringing mm-hmm. in that holistic plus, you know, the balance. And that's mm-hmm. a that's a great example, Jenna. That you know, using a using an appropriate antibiotic in a in an acute situation, and then once you're through that, then you say, "Well, gosh, I wonder how that happened. How how was I open to that?" Rather than you know, the person who takes antibiotic after antibiotic, you know, month after month after month, you know, maybe the body's giving us a message there that there's something mm-hmm. we could do on a deeper level to make ourselves less susceptible. One of the one of the analogies I use a lot for my clients is looking at the integration of body, mind, spirit as as a house. And if you live in an older house and up on the second floor, there's a crack in the plaster and you can patch it. And three months later, the crack shows up again and you patch it again. And three months later, the crack shows up again and you're going to patch it. If the problem is because the foundation is settling, you can patch that crack till the cows come home. And until uh-huh. you take care of the foundation, it's going to continue to happen. I, mm-hmm. I, I compare that house to our, our body, mind, spirit. The very foundation of the house is our energy. 
Mm-hmm. It's our spiritual, our emotional uh, climate, our, our well-being in those areas. And that's providing the very foundation. The next layer up is our physiology and our biochemistry. And then that is supporting the second floor, which is the anatomy. That's where Western medicine tends to, to um, focus is, is that second floor, the anatomy. We can see things like rashes or dark circles or broken bones or swelling. Those are things that we can intervene in. But if the problem is caused by a problem in the foundation, that's where Western medicine falls short. Now, mm-hmm. having said that, we sometimes, you know, go again, go to the extreme of saying, gosh, um, I always have to work on the foundation. If somebody throws a rock through a window on the second floor, you can fix that pane of glass. That has nothing to do with the foundation. That's a, a physical event that's like taking the antibiotic for that kidney infection and intervening physically in the, in the moment, in the acute situation, is absolutely the right thing to do. Now, if it keeps happening over and over and over again, then there's a pattern, which usually means a deeper message. But mm-hmm. it's, it's integrating all of those and, and honoring the fact that, yes, we do indeed have a physical body. We have to have our, you know, our anatomy has certain requirements. Our physiology has not evolved the way our planet has evolved. We were not designed to deal with all of the contaminants and pollutants and stress Uh, that we're subjected to on a daily basis. So we have to be sure that we're honoring and protecting and cleansing and then taking care of that foundation in terms of energy. That's, you know, and that's where, um, you know, the yoga, you two, I, I kudos to both of you for your yoga discipline and, and really tuning into that, that makes you more sensitive, I think, to those messages from your body. Mm hmm. Yeah, because I love that how what you both have just said, because if we look at the kidneys in their um, energetic component, in their spiritual component only, they are a balance of the yin and yang. They often have to do with criticism, disappointment, failures, low self-esteem, fear, insecurities, general feelings of isolation and indifference. And, and if I, and knowing Jenna, and if I think of circumstances, you know, I could imagine how you could apply, how you could recognize some of these. And so I love how Jenna, you know, you Jenna took the medicine, okay, physical cause, as opposed to just being like, well, in order to get this better, you're just going to have to address your yin and yang balance, and you're going to resolve it completely. But when it becomes chronic, can you recognize some of these uh, psychosomatic uh, spiritual contributions to the physical, right? Is that what you're saying? Both kind of both of you? Uh, certainly that's, you know, when, when I look at, when I look at, um, you know, something as simple as you get a splinter in your finger, you don't have to look for underlying, you know, psychological, emotional, um, spiritual causes for that. You remove the splinter, cleanse it, you know, take care of it, <laughs> the body heals itself. But right. If it's if it's or if it's it's the same body part that you keep injuring repeatedly, Ooh, then yes. you know, what's the message that's coming through with that? 
Yes. Like the right side masculine, the, the forward moving notion of your feet and your ankle and your stability. If it's that toe, you continue to stub and you've already gotten rid of the coffee table. <laughs> then, you know, it's a message. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for sure. I know I'm thinking about like my setup with the whole kidney thing. And it was so interesting because there was a lot of cleansing house that had to happen. It was at a time where I'd had my first baby and I was just like a ton of fear started to settle in. Like, am I good enough? Can I do this? You know? And, um, and I remember thinking, I'm like, this is going to be a pattern if I don't cleanse it. And I changed my diet, less sugar, right. Um, did a lot of mental work to, you know, cleanse that brain of mine. And it was really powerful to see, um, you know, and then I used D-manos as well, which is an awesome, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you but as well, mm-hmm. that was pretty incredible, but just mm-hmm. all the different components, right. To cleansing house mentally, uh-huh. physically, you know? Yeah. And I, I love that you mentioned about the sugar because, you know, if we, if we start to understand, okay, your inherent physical situation was this kidney infection, but you said that part of your cleansing routine, including reducing your sugar in order for us, when we look at people who have a sugar addiction or we have a blood sugar imbalance, they are usually people who are not recognizing the sweetness of the world around them. They need more sweetness somewhere else. And sometimes that just comes down to gratitude and which comes down to less fear. And so when you look at these psychosomatic causes, if we, if we really realize that that one diagnosis is an entire onion and it's sure, you know, you cut into the onion and you start to have watery eyes, you know, there's a physical cause, but there are absolutely the layers and part of your cleansing work while was physical, I'm going to reduce the intake of my sugar in order for you to do that successfully, you had to start recognizing the sweetness in the world around you. Mm-hmm. As a result, it ties together. You start having less fear, less isolation, less low self-esteem and insecurities over this new role. Yes, for sure. Really ties in well. And, and Paula, I don't think I realized actually that you had started with the holistic interest. How was it as you went through the, the, the motions of being in nursing and doing all that you were supposed to do as a nurse. How did you go? What was it? 30 years in that career? How how did you you continue that almost 40 years Mm -hmm. in that, in that, and then you only finished with holistic. Is that how, and you really only, you still tie it all together, obviously, but um, how was the course for you working that? And how would you even maybe offer advice to those who want this complementary lifestyle, but they're, they're also, they're walking both walks and how do you deal with the people who aren't supportive and, you know, that kind of idea. Yeah, that's, you know, that's tough. And there were, you know, I was, I was back in Ohio at the time, which is, you know, pretty um, conservative. So to be, you know, holistic at the time that, that I was back in the seventies was unusual Um, Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I knew enough that, you know, on my exams and and papers I wrote, I had to be pretty conventional in terms of, you know, this is the kind of of treatment that is expected. And this is the this is the answer they're looking for. But when it came to my interaction um, with patients, I always invited them to look 
um, at a different level. You know, even today, you know, I love Louise Hay's book, Heal Your Life. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, she was such a pioneer. Uh, But I never say to people, uh, well, the cause of this pain uh, in your knee is that you're having difficulty moving forward. I don't know if that resonates with them, (laughs) but I invite them to look at and introduce that um, as an option. So yeah, it was, there were, there were parts that were difficult, but, um, you know, it was, it was integrating it in a way that I could on a one-to-one basis with my clients. And as Mm -hmm. I, you know, once I became a nurse practitioner and could function independently and see my own patients and prescribe for them, it became much easier. So that made it worth going, you know, jumping through the hoops that I had to jump through. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, you know, our, our physical body, the physical is the, the densest energy vibration, and it gets higher and higher as we go from, you know, the physical, the mental, emotional, the spiritual, but it, the, the body is still a vehicle for expressing messages. Um, and that's, you know, that's the thing that, that I try to get people to understand is you have to just kind of get in touch with your body, l- learn to tune into your body for what it's, it's trying to tell us. Um, but I think it's, it's important that we don't overthink things, that it doesn't always have to be a, a spiritual reason for something happening. Sometimes there are just physical events that occur um, that you can, you can take care of, like removing that splinter. It's very simple, and then the body knows what to do. But I mm-hmm. love something Jenna said earlier about taking on the identity of a diagnosis because that happens all too often. Um, there are a lot of and I'm not panning support groups because support groups can be very healing, but sometimes support groups get hung up in a diagnosis. You know, this is the, you know, the lupus support group or the MS support group or whatever that diabetes support group and people take on that identity. And Mm -hmm. one of my, one of my favorite quotes in terms of looking at energy is when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. So Mm -hmm. rather than saying I'm a diabetic or as I have a friend who has lupus and she always says, I'm a loopy. And I said, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. you have been diagnosed with lupus, but that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's choosing to look at a diagnosis or a circumstance with interest. Um, you know, isn't that interesting? Uh, I wonder what message that's giving me. And that can indeed make physical changes. Mm-hmm. I, there's something you've told me before that I still use all the time. And, and that is, um, and I want to get it right, is how would you think, speak, act, and write? Think, speak, act, and write. Yes. How would you think, speak, act, and write about this situation if you did not have dermatomyositis, which was the diagnosis I have had in my life. So if I wake up with a symptom that my left brain and my science background and medical background says, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a dermatomyositis symptom, you have invited me, and you always use that word, and I love that, um, <laughs> you have invited me to, okay, how, how would it be if you woke up with that symptom, if you were to act, speak, think, and write as if you did not have that, 
you know, what I'd probably say is like, mm, kind of slept wrong. I'm a little <laughs> stiff right there, you exactly. know, and then I would allow myself to heal it. But we often just look, we wake up looking for our pain. We look for what we remembered yesterday that was painful. And one of the biggest things I'm on right now is, is, is Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I'm, I love how he integrates both the spirit and the mind and the, and the physical all together. And one of his things is um, the thoughts are the vocabulary of the mind. The emotions are the vocabulary of the body. And when our body is expressing a symptom, we need to look at how we think about it and we need to look at how we feel about it in order to heal forward because sometimes the medication could have been working, but we're holding ourselves back. Or then there's the whole notion of the placebo effect. If I believe and I'm working so hard to feel better and I believe in this, whatever it is, uh, there we've known that for so long. And that is a very powerful uh, indicator on how much you can believe yourself ill and believe yourself well. Um, but of course, you got to remove the thorn. <laughs> <laughs> Right. That, that certainly makes it easier. <laughs> it certainly makes it easier to heal. Wow. This has just been so fantastic. I, you know, I invite you both if there's anything more you'd like to add. I know we could talk forever. Uh, maybe we'll have the three of us on again in the future of a new subject because this is, this is where it's at. And on a personal level, I'm so excited to have both of them because both of them are, are the people who help me every day to remind myself of things that I know, and I might offer to my other, to my people, to my clients, but I need my, my reminders and, and both Jenna and Paula are that for me. So if, you know, Jenna, do you, or Paula, do you have any more to add or? I, I think, I think I've, I've, uh, I've said everything that, that uh, is important for me to say, but I just mm -hmm. know I underline that, uh, you know, I, I really think podcasts like this are great because we all need those reminders. Sometimes mm -hmm. we're just too close to our own situation that we don't see the forest for the trees. Um, so I think, I think being able to tune into something like this and just hear it through another voice or another perspective uh, helps all of us with our healing. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, yeah, appreciate this conversation. I think that as we talk more about it freely, because I feel like it's, don't you feel there's just a lot of fear sometimes it's really such like this. Um, I just think that really affects all of us. And so when we talk about things in this way of like this really nice balance of um, it just is helpful to all of us to kind of be on our pathway, because there's a lot to life and a lot to living. And so these conversations are so needed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Fear. Oh goodness. I think that could be a future one. I, uh, do I would too. Yeah. Like with the three of us, I think that because uh, the, you know, both of these women have helped me through that. Yeah. We can dive into that more. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. If, if anybody listening has questions or would like to further explore some of this, the self-study project at gmail.com. We are at the self-study project.com. Thank you, Paula, for joining us. My it pleasure. has been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the self-study project a podcast to deepen your practice through reflection with co-hosts Jenna Baird and Stephanie Gibson. Subjects cover holistic health, nutrition, yoga, philosophy, spirituality, astrology, parenting, relationships, conscious living, sustainable practices, and so much more. 
At no time does this podcast offer medical advice and is for educational purposes only. It remains your decision to pursue any information and do not hold your hosts or their guests liable. More information available at theselfstudyproject.com.